25-year-old Molly Watson was planning the wedding of her dreams. Her beloved fiancé, James Addy. They had been dating for seven years. They had gone on romantic trips together to Cancun and Disneyland, and they talked every single day. The big day was planned for Sunday, April 29th of 2018. It was to be a beautiful and long-awaited celebration of their love. There was just one small problem. James Addy was already there. to a brand new episode of What the Actual F. My name is Harmony for those of you who have never tuned in before and for those of you who have, I'm so sorry for such a long space in between the last episode to this one. I'm not really gonna divulge too much into my private life but some stuff had gone on recently and I needed to isolate and just heal. I had to mourn something and handle some stuff and honestly I'm still not doing the best. I'm not going to dive in and divulge what I experienced or what exactly went down. Let's just say sometimes people aren't exactly as they seem. Another thing is it's pretty common for people to have a double life. In fact, the story I have for you today proves exactly that. On August 27th of 2018, a man traveling down a rural country road in Monroe County, Missouri, discovered a car stopped on the side of the road. Next to the car, the man noticed a lifeless body of a young woman. Now, he could tell that there was no life left in the body at all, but he still called 911 in hopes that maybe someone, like a first responder, could help him or confirm what he already knew to be true. The woman was in fact dead. This would turn out to be the body of 35-year-old Molly Watson. And she was set to be married just two days after her body was discovered. Molly's death would unravel years, I'm talking seven of them, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years, unraveled of twisted truths and outright lies. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, my name is Harmony. And after the past few weeks of my life and the story I have for you today, let me just tell you, do not lie. Next thing you know, you're leading a double life and eventually, all of that is going to crash down on you. As somebody who ended up being collateral damage in another person leading a double life, let me tell you, lies and deceit don't end the best. I was lucky. My case didn't end in murder. But the case of Molly Watson did. This is the story of the double life, double wife. it's Molly and today I am just kind of doing a general vlog I don't really have a point to this except I do want to update on the video game fitness challenge I had to replace my Wii Fit meter with 
a new one because I lost it. I have no idea where it went. I don't know if it fell off when I went on a Pokemon Go walk or what happened. But so far today, my steps are 5,033. I am 34. I work in education right now. I have two degrees in psychology, a bachelor's and a master's. I'm working on a third, uh, not a third, well, a third degree, second master's in counseling. And I am very much a huge geek. I hate being called a nerd because as I have always heard it put, nerds know geeks do. So I'll catch you guys later and bye! Molly Nicole Watson, side note, we have the same middle name, was born on December 15th of 1982. She was born to Timothy and Sandra Watson of Moberly, Missouri. She would go on to be raised with her brother, Tim, and Molly was known to be an excellent student throughout school and excellent in all of her academics and any extracurriculars. Like she was just this incredible child. In fact, according to one of her YouTube videos, she did struggle with Asperger's syndrome, but was considered extremely highly functioning. She did have a college education and focused on computers, education, and psychology on the side as well. Molly had a lot of interests and hobbies like singing or making costumes, and of course she did have her very own YouTube channel. She was an incredibly loving person and also loved by so many. In fact, she had been married, but it did end up in divorce. Now, during this divorce proceeding that would follow the marriage, she would end up learning that she was pregnant and would have a son. Now, after this marriage ended and she had her child, she actually went on to have a relationship with a childhood friend by the name of Amber for about five years. However, while she was living with Amber, she started a new job at Moberly Area Correctional Center. This is where Molly would go on to meet an older corrections officer by the name of James Hattie. Instantly, even though she was already in a relationship and living with someone, when she saw James, she fell in love. We are talking love at first sight, something I do not believe in, but she sure did. Now, the two began seeing each other in 2011, causing, of course, her relationship with Amber to end. Cheating is never a good thing. Now, here's the thing. James Addy was 15 years older than Molly, which, okay, fine, whatever. It's legal, just a little odd. Now, he had been married multiple times. Again, not judging, who cares? Sometimes you can't help who you love, and sometimes those turn out to be real shitty people. Or maybe in this case, James is the shitty person. Oh, you'll have to stick around to find out. Now, he would go on to explain to Molly that he and his most recent wife, Melanie Addy, were actually in the process of a divorce. Once the divorce was finalized, he wanted to live a happily ever after life with, you guessed it, none other than Molly. Of course, Molly was absolutely in love with James, and the two would go on to date for seven years. They went on vacations to Mexico and Disney, and even started planning a whole future together. Molly absolutely thought that she had found her soulmate in Jim, and Molly was ready to spend the rest of her life with him. Sadly, her life wasn't going to be that much longer. Those two lives on a collision course. On the evening of April 27, 2018, the 
body of Molly Watson was found down a rural, unpaved, dusty road in Monroe County, Missouri. Molly has been shot once. Contact range in the back of her head. Despite the fact that Molly had overwhelming and intense feelings for Jim, her friends and her family were somewhat like apprehensive about him. They had a really weird feeling. Apparently, he couldn't really look anyone in the eye and he could never talk directly to anybody. Everything was somewhat evasive with him. He put off bad vibes and made people feel slightly uncomfortable. In fact, Molly's parents and her brother even had their own doubts about him. It really bothered them that Molly always seemed to be like paying for all of their trips and expenses and everything that they did. Molly was like forking the bill out. There was no 50-50. He wasn't helping out. It was all Molly. Also, the two had been together for quite some time and didn't live together, which is okay, fine, whatever. However, they were planning on spending their lives together, so it was just odd. Which brings me to 2018, when Molly and Jim became engaged after their seven-year courtship. The duo started planning a wedding for April 29th of 2018. Molly was so excited. You see, she had this like major obsession with Disney, so she decided she was going to plan her wedding to be a Disney theme. Because for her, Jim was her Prince Charming, so she wanted a beautiful Disney wedding. On her channel, she would go on to show and post videos of her trying on beautiful ball gowns and choosing like what she wanted for her wedding day. She ended up actually buying two different dresses, all because it was so difficult for her to decide which one was best. From Molly's perspective, in her very own words, it was going to be a beautiful wedding and the best day ever. This now brings us to just a few weeks before the wedding. Molly actually instructed the wedding planner that they would have to reduce the guest list. She told her family that Jim's ex-wife, Melanie, had been in a horrible automobile accident and was actually on life support. She told them that Jim and his children, a son and a daughter, were going through this immensely difficult process of deciding whether or not they needed to remove Melanie from life support or not. You could only imagine the strain that this was adding to Jim and Molly, of course, just weeks before their wedding. Jim said that they ultimately chose to remove life support and that he had to be with his children during such this hard grieving time, which of course anyone would understand. However, Molly's brother, who again, never really liked Jim, was rather suspicious over all of this. Molly's brother pointed out to Molly that, hey, you know, you could look up these very public records online. You know, check and see if Jim and Melanie were actually divorced. However, there were no records of James and Melanie Addy divorcing anywhere. There were records of them being married, but not that marriage being liquefied. Molly, however, was moving boxes of her things into Jim's attic so that her and her son could move right in after the wedding. So obviously, Melanie wasn't there, right? Now, the week of the wedding, Jim and Molly went to get their marriage license all set up. 
According to the county recorder, the person that you go to and talk to about getting this marriage license that has to verify that you've not, you know, been married, or if you have, you're not still currently. Because, like, it doesn't really matter if you've been married before, if you're getting a marriage license, you just cannot get one if you are still in a legal binding contractual marriage. So, according to this county recorder, it seemed as though Jim was a bit perturbed when asked about him being married before and how that marriage had ended. Quote, the answer was given, why do you need to know that? Jim also went on to sign a legal affidavit that said he was legally able to marry. So did Molly. The marriage license was granted and two days later, Molly would wind up dead. And that trip, 22 minutes long, corresponds exactly with the last phone call between James Addy and Molly Watson. The officers found something more. A perfect tire print in the damp soil, just feet from Molly's dog. The right rear tire of James Addy's car was identified as the source of the tire print found just feet from Molly's body. According to Jim's very own daughter, who remembers him coming home rather late in the evening on April 27th, she did go on to say that everything felt rather normal, nothing was really out of any sorts. Her dad told her that he went to see a friend and she had no reason to be any kind of suspicious of him. So she hugged him and kissed him before she went off to bed. The next morning, however, police were at Jim's door. The secrets that Jim had been keeping were about to break free. Molly's body was found by her vehicle on that remote road on April 27th, two days before her wedding as mentioned. Of course, police found an engagement ring still on her finger, which indicated that there was somebody, first of all, looking for her, hopefully. Also, there wasn't a robbery that occurred because, well, I mean, jewelry is the first to go. They also found belongings in Molly's car that identified her. You know, like a marriage license? one that was signed by her and James Addy. As in most cases, a significant other is often looked at as the very first possible suspect. However, police also needed to notify him that his fiance had been found murdered. You see, Molly had been shot in the back of the head. And according to the autopsy, the gun had been pressed all the way up against her skull. When police ended up knocking on Jim's door, a woman answered. Of course, police were kind of surprised, especially because she identified herself as Melanie Addy, James's wife. And they had, in fact, not been divorced. They were actually married for about 23 years, and she was the mother of his children. Of course, Melanie was absolutely confused when police started to explain to her that a woman had been killed and was engaged to what seemed to be her husband. Side note, again, not going to share too much of what I just experienced. But let me just say, when you're blindsided by some shit, oh my god, it's like the wind just got knocked out of you. I'm still recouping from what the fuck happened to me a few weeks ago, and I'm still not quite understanding nor wrapping my head around it. I don't understand why people lie, but oh my goodness, y'all motherfuckers cannot tell the truth, can you? Sorry, not every one of you is a liar, just 
a good amount. My apologies, I'm a little biased right now. Still a little sore. <laughs> I'll be nicer in the future about y'all, I promise. I think, I don't know, y'all humans are really ruining yourselves for me, so we'll see. Now, Melanie and James had actually been married for, like I said, 23 years at this point, getting married in 1995. Together, they had a son by the name of Ben and a daughter by the name of Emma. In fact, the day that police showed up at the Addy house, Emma was getting ready to attend her prom. James, as we know, was a corrections officer, and Melanie was actually a teacher's assistant. In fact, the way their marriage was and their life had been, Melanie never even suspected for a moment that he was having an affair. Quote, he seemed the same all the time. He would go off to work at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and usually would get home around 5 in the morning and I would say, well, you're always so late. And that would be some sort of an argument. He didn't really want to tell me anything, but it would always be fine. She did recall that her husband went on a Florida business trip when in reality he was actually just with Molly. Of course, she didn't know that at the time. She did recall him going with his friends on a trip to Mexico. Of course, that wasn't really with his friends, it was with Molly. In fact, he actually enjoyed this trip so much with Molly that he ended up taking his wife. Yeah, <laughs> they actually went to the same exact resort. Yeah, just, you know, the, the very same one he went with Molly just a few weeks before. God damn, he's a real jerk. Don't worry, it gets so much worse. This is just how it goes with liars and cheaters. Eventually, they get caught. It is so incredibly tragic. I mean, the... You think about the excitement. You're getting ready. Two days, I'm going to be married. This is it. You know, he loves me. I love him. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. We found each other. And finally now, after seeing each other for all these years, we're going to, we're going to make it official. And, and a bullet in the back of the head. Obviously, Jim was taken in for questioning. However, after this, his daughter actually woke up to get ready for her prom. This is when Emma said she knew something was wrong when family members were sitting at the table and her mom was whispering. She came in to hear her mother saying, how am I going to even tell her this? All Melanie could muster up to tell her daughter was that a woman had died and the police wanted to talk to her father about it. You know, because he was a corrections officer. Emma's mother insisted that she go on and get ready for prom and enjoy her night, which she did. However, later, uh, Emma would go on to see a news article explaining that her father was actually engaged to the woman that had been found deceased. In fact, it was a woman that Emma had once met. That's right, her father took her to have a costume made for her. Yeah, she was going to a comic convention and her father knew somebody. However, she didn't realize her father was in a relationship, albeit also engaged, to that very same woman. After he was taken in, Melanie started to like, you know, go look around through their house and see if she could find anything that explained maybe what had happened or what had been going on with her husband. As she's looking in the garage, in their room, in the closet, everywhere, she's not finding anything. Like there's just literally no proof that her husband has been involved with another woman, even knows this lady. That is until Melanie stumbles into the attic. She found those very boxes that Molly Watson had been moving into her house. They even included photo albums. And these albums were full of pictures of Jim or James and Molly over the past seven years, all of their memories that they had made, including those trips he took with his friends to Florida and Mexico. 
And you can only imagine the pure devastation that Melanie felt as she saw all of this. Again, side note, not gonna share what I just recently went through, but oh my God, the damage that double lives and lies do to people is so fucked up. Now, here's some stuff that would tie Jim to the actual scene where Molly was found. You know, cause just because someone's involved with someone and they end up dead doesn't mean they did it. You need evidence to prove that. Now, Jim's vehicle was found to be a match to a tire impression that was found just feet away from her body. This would be enough to arrest Jim for the murder of Molly. Additional evidence would include the discovery of a secret second phone in which Jim would use to communicate with Molly. A waitress had also reported seeing a man parked along the road where Molly had been found. Before she was murdered, this waitress saw this man and a car. Although they couldn't positively identify that the man they saw was Jim, they were pretty positive. Another thing that was found near the body was a unique t-shirt and it had Molly's blood on it. Now this t-shirt was identified by Emma Addy as one that she had actually made for her father. A search of Molly's phone also showed that the day before her murder, she was searching for Melanie Addy's obituary. Obituary. Sorry, sometimes words are so difficult for me. It seems as though she was getting a little bit suspicious of her beau. Finally, ballistics would determine a gun and ammunition that belonged to Jimmy Boy himself was consistent with the slug and weapon used to kill Molly. However, there was no DNA evidence and the gun that matched Molly Watson and no DNA belonging to Jim on the t-shirt. Melanie Addy would file for divorce just a week after her husband's arrest. Later on, Melanie would tell the press, quote, he's a pretty selfish person. He could be controlling and intimidating. It could be challenging. It just seemed like something he would do to fix a problem would be anything. She did go on to imply that she believes her now ex-husband is extremely guilty of the murder of Molly. His daughter, Emma, also states that she believes her father is guilty as well. Even though he says, Oh no, I'm innocent. You've got the wrong man, I promise. Oh my god. Suck it up, buddy boy. You're dealing with the consequences of your own actions. Vinny, the prosecution today did a really good job of laying out those preparations, talking about the details that the centerpieces were already created by Molly Watson. She wanted little hummingbirds inside of them, that they had the menu, that it was prime rib and fruit cobbler that was going to be on this. They had the venue, they had gotten the license, didn't hear any specifics about the groom's list, but we know that this bride was definitely telling her friends about it and we talked to one of her friends who said that she was so excited about it uh, not having any clue that there was a problem with this wedding going forward almost three years to the very day of molly's murder james addy would finally stand trial on the very first day, the testimony, April 26th of 2021, both sides shared opening statements. Of course, his defense focused on the fact that adultery does not prove that he is guilty of murder. Very true, adultery does not mean you're guilty of murder, but it does signify motive. The jury would also see photos of Molly's body and heard the 911 call from the person who found her. Photos were shown to include all of the wedding supplies that Molly had in her home. The evidence would go on to demonstrate just how much Molly was looking forward to being married to Jim. 
Then would come the second day of the trial. Melanie Addy would take the stand against her ex-husband. She testified that she had no idea about Jim and Molly's relationship, not an inkling at all. Emma and Addie provided testimony that her father was not home between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. on the night that Molly was killed. Jim had also previously told police that he was at home from 7 to 10 and that he spoke to Molly on the phone for about half an hour at this very same time. He did, in fact, talk to Molly between 7 and 8 p.m. the night of the murder. It was actually the very last call that Molly ever received. Emma also testified about the t-shirt that was found at the crime scene and that it was a direct gift from her to her father. The defense, however, said that this didn't prove shit. There's nothing that they got on Jim and there isn't really motive stating that they had an affair. So what? He had another relationship? <laughs> Doesn't mean he wanted to kill Molly. However, the wedding planner testified that Molly explained that Jim's former wife, Melanie, had died shortly before their wedding as a result of an auto accident. Obviously, this isn't true because, you know, Melanie was very much alive and in the courtroom. The data from Molly's phone also showed that she was on the phone with Jim when she drove from her home to the site where her body was found, meaning he probably lured her out there. The ballistics evidence was presented also, attempting to connect a 22 caliber projectile found in Molly's head with Jim's gun and ammo. Finally, two former jail inmates testified that they had asked Jim why his bail was so high when he was awaiting trial, to which they allege he said, quote, I put someone face down in a ditch. On the third day of trial, on the third day of trial, I'm sorry, on the third day of trial, a firearms examiner testified that the ammo from Jim's home is consistent with the ammo that would have been in an empty ammo box found near the scene. Experts also testified that the tire tracks at the scene were consistent with Jim's vehicle. The medical examiner also went on to explain the cause of death as a contact gunshot wound to the back of the head. The state would rest its case and the defense would rest without putting on a actual <laughs> real defense. And wouldn't you know, Jimmy Boy declined to testify. On April 29th of 2021, three years after Molly's dream wedding was supposed to occur, the prosecution and the defense would close their arguments. According to Jim's defense, there was not enough evidence to link him to the crime. Quote, your doubts are reasonable that Jim did not kill Molly. However, the prosecution suggested that James Addy threw Molly away like a piece of garbage, and that is a direct quote. They suggested the motive was to cover up this double life. The prosecution went on to present the theory that Molly had learned the truth about Jim's marriage to Melanie. After she did a successful, well, I guess unsuccessful search for the obituary, learning the truth, she probably was like, hey, you wanna explain this to me, Jimmy boy? I thought you said she was dead. Once she confronted him, he shot her in the head, meaning he chose his wife over his fiance. And he couldn't even just say, hey, I'm sorry I lied, it's over, bye-bye. No, he had to say bye-bye to her for good. On the very day that Jim and Molly would have been celebrating their third wedding anniversary, assuming they actually had gotten married and it would have stayed, the jury would actually end up finding Jim guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action. According to James himself, he is innocent and to this day still claims to be because of course he does Monroe County man says his attorney didn't do a good enough job defending him in a murder case that man James Addy will spend his life in prison after a jury found him guilty of murdering Molly Watson in 2018
Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was the story of James Addy's double life which led to the murder of Molly Watson. All because he was such a coward. He couldn't tell his wife, hey, I'm just not happy. Or maybe he was so happy that he was just like, you know what, I could do another lady because I just have so much love to give. However, he didn't tell either of those women about each other, at least not honestly. It really does pay to be honest. Yes, he may lose some things and it might not go exactly how you thought it could, but as somebody who recently dealt with a person that has a secret life and was lying, when you lie and you manipulate people, it really fucks them up. I don't know what other way to put that. Yes, not every case of cheating and lying ends in murder, but I promise every single one ends with somebody hurt. Y'all be fucking honest out there. If you're unhappy with your partner, say it. If you love somebody else, fucking say it. I don't know how many times I have to tell people you are living your life. Stop living it for other people and do what you need to be happy. But also, be fucking honest, don't kill, and protect yourself. I don't know, I feel like I'm going off on a tangent here. Maybe I should have taken a little bit longer of a break. But we're here now, and this is the show. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm gonna go back to healing for a little bit. I'll talk to you on the next episode. I love you. Stay safe. And unless you're the person I've been talking about that, you know, had a secret life, I really wish you the best and I hope you have the best week ever. Again, unless it's you. I hope you choke on Karma's dick. Okay, bye!